If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode 96 of the Leading Learning Podcast. This time around, we're going to talk about staffing for your online education business. And before we get to that discussion, we want to thank your membership, the podcast sponsor for the third quarter of 2017. Your membership's learning management system is specifically designed for professional education with a highly flexible and intuitive system that customizes the learning experience. Your membership's LMS seamlessly integrates with key systems to manage all of your educational content formats in one central location, while providing powerful tools to create and deliver assessments, evaluations, and learning communities. You can find out more about your membership at yourmembership.com. The resource for this episode is a sample job description for a learning technology manager role. We will make sure that that's available via the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 96. Obviously, you'll need to tailor the job description for your organization and for your particular needs, but it gives you a good idea of some of the key competencies and uh subject areas that someone in a learning technology manager role needs to have. And we're focusing on that and on staffing for online education in particular because it's an area where we tend to get a lot of questions. And I think we've gotten more and more recently as we've been working with clients and and just organizations that that contact us uh, are often contacting us about that particular question. You know, most organizations, they've already got other areas of education staffed, but as they either you know move into online education or they try to expand what they're doing with online education, they have to deal with you know how do they add resources to to help make that happen. And I'll note that the resourcing and staffing questions that we're talking about today tie to that capacity domain of the learning business maturity model. That capacity domain deals with questions about whether your organization has a sufficient capacity, mostly in terms of human resources and, and technology, to really pursue the vision and strategy that you have in place effectively. So we'll make sure to include a link to the maturity model in the show notes. Um, and you know, I would say to be a stage four innovative learning business, and, and really even to be a, a stage three proactive learning business, you have to have the right human resources in place for that learning business, both in terms of leadership and line positions. And it's really those line positions that we're going to focus on uh, today, the positions that help execute on the strategy that, that the leaders make sure is in place. That's right. So if you are a leader, then you can be you know listening to this from the perspective of these are the types of people I need to hire. Um, or if you're somebody who's potentially looking for a position in an organization, this can help you know the, the types of skills and, and qualities that you're going to need to be able to put forth in a resume and interviews to, to make sure that uh, an organization that might hire you knows that, that you're the right type of person. And we'll say up front, too, that we're going we're gonna to make some distinctions here uh, between, on the one hand, uh, platforms and you know staffing that might be necessary around learning platforms and managing those and making sure that they're doing what they need to for an organization, and then content positions, uh, so you know helping to uh, actually create the, the content that's going to go into a, a platform and be delivered to the learner, because very often those are, those are distinct positions. Um, it's not very often you'll have that combined 
mind in, in one person. So we're going to talk about them distinctly. And then we're also going to touch on uh, business development and, and selling because oftentimes when you're moving into online learning, you find that you have increased needs there and you, and you have to start thinking a little bit differently about uh, how you're getting that product out there in, in the market and connecting with actual buying learners for uh, whatever you're offering. So let's talk first about platform and uh, you know having the the right uh, person or, or people. Usually, it's just going to be a single person uh, who's going to be able to manage a learning management system or another type of learning platform for your organization. So let's say that you know, you're going out with a selection process, as often happens. Um, you're going to bring in this new technology, or maybe it's you know you're replacing some technology you already have in place, but you're ex- expanding what you're doing. And in many cases, you're really going to need a, a dedicated person, or at least you know part of a dedicated person, a half you know full-time employee (FTE) as the acronym usually goes, to to make sure that um, they can focus on actually getting the return off of that that platform, that learning platform. So you need somebody who's going to be focused on making that happen, and that's an essential resource for online education. And you know, one of the things we'll say up front is that even though this is a technology role in a way, it's, it's really not usually a high-tech position. Um, you know, you, this is not the person who's going to be doing programming. They're just going to be able to, they're going to need to get content into the system and, and, and manage learners and those sorts of things. So, you know, the main things that you're going to need in this person or the main things you need to have if you are going to be this person is, you know, very good comfort with web technologies, um, good organizational skills, because you really are, you're going to be managing and organizing what's going on with uh, online education in, in most instances, and along with that, attention to detail. So good technology comfort, organizational skills, attention to detail. And in most cases, this can be, you know, an an entry level or near entry level sort of position. You don't need to go out and hire somebody with a, you know, a long pedigree in in working with web technology. And when looking for someone to manage a a learning platform for your organization, you know, some of the the key responsibilities, um, we see them kind of grouping into three big categories. Um, you're going to have tasks that that um, fall in the general administrative area. You're going to have tasks that are specific to particular learning activities. And then you're going to have just kind of this uh, general ability to, to learn and to grow. Um, so we can talk a little bit more about kind of those three big areas and what types of more specific um, tasks and, and skills tend to get um, subsumed within them. And so I'll talk a little bit first about uh, those sort of general administrative tasks that you just uh, referenced, Lisa. You know, those are going to include things like just providing general support to online learners, you know, that includes things like helping with getting them through an e-commerce transaction to, you know, actually get registered or enrolled uh, into a course that may be e-commerce that you may have another method, but in any case, to get those learners into the, the courses that you're offering you know, to help deal with uh, computer issues that might be, you know, interfering with the learner's ability to either get enrolled or to complete the course. Um, and then just, you know, general inquiries about the, the course organization, the makeup. I mean, just the, the standard stuff that uh, you're going to get from learners if they're going to be engaged in an online course experience. You need somebody who's going to be there, be responsive to those types of inquiries. 
this person is going to need to, you know, periodically run uh, and review reports that come out of the, the learning platform. That's one of the big reasons for having a learning platform is you can track quite a bit of data and you want to be able to report on that and do meaningful things with it. So this person is going to need to be capable of that. And there's going to be an interface for that. It's not, again, this isn't going to be a custom coding sort of thing. Um, it's going to be configuring the data you want and, and running the report on it. And then, you know, Finally, in the administrative area, this person is going to need to support the efforts to, to get um, content into whatever the platform is. Um, so that might be, you know, uploading uh, a SCORM course, SCORM just being one of the e-learning industry standards. You don't really have to understand the standard in order to just be able to import a SCORM package. They're already configured to be imported. You just have to be able to upload it and, you know, push the buttons to get it into the system. Might need to upload uh, resource documents that go along with courses. You might need to put some seed content in on discussion boards, uh, you know, some questions and those sorts of things to kind of keep things moving. And just in general, you know, get the materials into the system that, that learners are going to use. So that's the kind of first bucket or main area where someone who's managing your learning platform is going to need to focus so just on general administrative tasks. Um, then they're going to also be, this in the second bucket, tasks that are, are specific to particular learning activities. So, you know, if you have... Um, discussion boards that are related to a specific course. They might be um, monitoring those discussion boards um, to make sure that questions are being addressed in a timely manner. Maybe they're helping instructors and, and staff, um, uh, pointing them to questions that they can't answer, and uh, just generally making sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Um, maybe they're also supporting um, subject matter experts in their use of the system. If you have a uh, uh, you know facilitated online course led by a subject matter expert, you know they might be helping that subject matter expert understand how the system works, where they um, go to look at these uh, discussion boards and specific questions, those types of things. Um, if you are using a, you know a a webinar system or have webinars integrated with a learning management system, you know, part of what they might be doing is making sure that those webinars are, are created um, based on a program and a schedule that, that you have um, identified. You know, this is not a, an exhaustive list of, of responsibilities. It's just to say that within that kind of bucket of um, tasks specific to particular learning activities, you're going to want to have um, in a job description um, the different types of activities that this person would need to oversee and to be uh, in charge of. And then, you know, in addition to these more kind of technical skills that, that we've been talking about, you're obviously going to want somebody who has that uh, ability to, to learn and grow that you're going to want in, in any employee, uh, really, or that you're going to want to have as an employee. So in this case, that would include things like, you know, reviewing new and emerging technology solutions or, or trends, um, just kind of, you know, keeping your finger on the pulse so that you're able to make recommendations um, and not just having your, you know, head buried in, in what you've got in front of you. You're going to need to be able to do things like, you know, collaborate with staff, uh, with subject matter experts to, you know, to create or to identify or, or to obtain new content for the, the learning platform on an ongoing basis. So you're probably going to have, you know, some stuff that you know you want to work with, but you're going to want to be able to generate ideas over time as to what new content needs to go into the system. And then, you know, finally, you're going to need to be able to build 
effective relationships across the, the, the technical staff. You're going to be working with IT probably to some degree on this, um, with content staff, and we'll turn to you know, talking about content here more in just a minute, um, uh, and again, volunteers and subject matter experts, those sorts of people. But in general, you know, you want to be somebody or you want to hire somebody who's going to be vested in making sure that you get the best use out of the, the learning technologies that you've put into place. So that's a look at what you might need in a learning platform manager. So now let's turn to a, a second type of, of staff position, Jeff, what you talked about at the beginning, um, is someone that's more focused on content rather than platform. Now that said, um, just as the platform position we just talked about has some um, overlap with, with content and those working um, more directly in content, um, similarly, the content role is going to be involved in some platform aspects, but but it's more about the the ratio, um, and so the content person is going to be largely focused on content. And I will note that uh, Jeff, you and I have a lot of firsthand experience hiring staff to create online courses. We did a lot of that in our company just um, before Tagoras. Um, a lot of scars and bruises too, I'd say. <laughs> and so you know, I'd say similar to what Jeff um, said. Uh, in regards to the platform position, you know, the content position doesn't have to be a, a PhD in instructional design. You know, we, we wholeheartedly believe in the need for good instructional design, but there are fundamentals that can be applied that you can teach someone to apply without an advanced degree in the field. Um, and so I think as with the, the platform manager, you know, a proven willingness and ability to, to learn may be better than any, you know, particular criterion that you have, like a, a specific degree or anything like that. And then I'll also note, too, that um, in the area of content, you have both content designers and content developers. Um, and, and probably when you're looking at candidates, someone's going to come more from one side or the other. And so you'll want to understand kind of where along the spectrum um, each candidate falls and where along the spectrum you um, ideally want um, the person you you hire to, to land. You know, on the developer end, you're going to have people who are more accustomed to rolling up their sleeves and, and producing content. So, you know, folks jumping in to uh, articulate or, or whatever tool you're using um, to develop um, online learning. And then on the designer end, you're going to probably have people who are more accustomed to kind of some of the big picture thinking about what goes into a curriculum and, and people who are more comfortable and experienced with needs analysis and working with subject matter experts to really define the content for a particular learning experience. Um, and you may need, uh, you know, both design and development. And so you may need to look for two or, or more people to make sure that you really get kind of all aspects of that spectrum covered. Um, and with that, I will say, you know, we've, we've touched briefly on, on content and platform positions, but, you know, Jeff, as you said early on, you know, the online learning business may need more um, in terms of business development and account management, and, and particularly if folks are less focused on sales to individual learners and more focused on or organizational sales, so more of that B2B move as opposed to the, the B2C move. Yeah, that's right. And, and I would argue and, and have many times before that, um, you know, particularly as you're getting into online education, even if you really are about individual membership, you need to be thinking about institutional, organizational, business to business sales, 
because you know all of those individual members that you're serving are likely working for companies or government agencies or whatever the case might be. And you're going to potentially be able to go to those sorts of organizations and sell not just one license at a time, but a lot of licenses at once. And many, many times that can be the difference between being successful with online education or not being successful with online education. And you have to remember too, you know, this is, that's not the type of thing that you tend to do as much with face-to-face education or with your conferences. You're kind of heading into new territory here. So it's definitely worth stepping back and thinking about, do we need somebody who's going to develop business uh, basically for our uh, our online education? And, and, and that may very well then start picking up uh, on things you're doing with your other education. In fact, this is something we we wrote about a while back. A while back, when we um, uh, were talking about ten critical shifts in the market for lifelong learning, and what we said there. And I'll quote ourselves because I'm not going to be able to do it from memory. And that's it says that in an increasingly competitive marketplace, it will be difficult for most organizations to thrive solely with retail business to consumer sales of their educational products. They will need to be able to sell in quantity to other organizations, and that means you know corporations, health systems, government agencies, whatever the case might be in, in your particular field. And they will, in many instances, benefit by being able to deliver customized and premium-priced solutions to these organizations. Doing this requires a level of selling skill most organizations simply don't possess now. And so it's certainly referencing online education there, but as I was mentioning earlier, this may also be you know, some premium customized uh, versions of your existing education now, you know, for, for many organizations, this work is going to go beyond pure selling, and it's going to merge with what we typically characterize as business development, which is why we're you know, describing it as, as business development here. And, and really, a, a good business development person certainly needs to know how to sell. Um, you know, that is, they have to be able to articulate the, the value of an organization's products and services effectively, and, and then obviously convert that value perception into actual purchases. But a good business development person also needs to be able to do more than that. She's going to need to be really kind of the steward of the overall business strategy when it comes to your education business and, and have the ability to cultivate relationships, you know, the, the kind of relationships that are needed for opening up new distribution channels. Um, and you're going to have, you know, a lot of more potential with distribution channels once you get into online education. And then they're going to be able to, you know, more broadly or, or, or deeply um, reach organizations that have that uh, prospective audience for your learning and education offerings. And I mean, we've, we've seen really just numerous situations in which this level of skill is, is necessary and, and is certainly something that an organization should welcome. And I'll just, you know, touch quickly on a, on a few examples here. I mean, one is academic relationships, and this can certainly be for, um, for s- selling um, into uh, those uh, organizations, but very often it's also for content sourcing. And as you get into online education, you're going to need um, some sources of content typically, and often, you know, relying on your member volunteers is not necessarily going to be the, the best avenue for doing that. Um, So being able to form some academic relationships can be very beneficial for your online education, your education overall. Um, Workforce development. uh, So if you happen to be in a field where that's important, which is, you know, frankly, most fields at at this point, um, very often you're going to need somebody who can go in and and work with uh, companies around that area of workforce development and work with them to bring your solutions in to help them with workforce development. 
If you happen to be in a health market, which you know so many organizations are touching those markets now, and you're selling to you know to doctors, nurses, allied health professionals uh, who would benefit you know from from your education, very often you're really going to be selling at the institutional level on that. You're going to be having an HR department or some other department within the organization again licensing uh, a lot of content from you and putting that through the organization. You might be looking at international expansion, which again is something so many organizations need to look at now. And again, a business development person is going to look at those opportunities. Once you're in online education, you know you might just be a, a little state society, but those doors open up, um, and you can potentially have somebody who's really focusing on that uh, for you. And then finally, you know, you might be looking at alliances with other organizations. Again, this can go back to the content question, tapping into content that you're going to be able to get into your learning platform, having that business development person go out and make those relationships, and then distribution. You might be able to distribute uh, the content that you're creating for online learning through other platforms or to other organizations, but you have to have somebody who's going to be focused on uh, creating and capitalizing on those opportunities. And those are just a handful of key areas in which you know, a good business development person can really generate significant value. And, and many of those open up as a result of getting into online education. And so you know, that's why we think it's really important to not just be thinking about the, the, the technical aspects of managing a platform and uh, of getting content developed and into the system. You need to be thinking about the business aspects of this as well and the opportunities that are going to open up and then also the challenges you might have in, in getting content and getting that content distributed a business development person can can really really help you to uh, address that and you know I know a lot of organizations are going to say well we can't afford that um, but uh, I, our argument would be you can't afford to not uh, do that and that you really really need to consider business development as part of your overall resourcing needs so we've talked about um, platform position we've talked about uh, someone to oversee content um, and talked a little bit about kind of does content designer versus content developer. And then lastly, we've talked about um, business development and that function. But I think it would probably be helpful, Jeff, to talk a little bit about, um, you know, if people now recognize the need, have the need in one or more of these areas that we've talked about, you know, how do they go about finding the right person to fill that role? Yeah, definitely. And that's something we, we get a lot of questions about. Uh, we get you know requests for job descriptions, um, but then also just where, where can I go to find these people? And uh, you know, th- there is no easy button on this. There's no silver bullet, to, as they say, but you know, some places to look for finding both contractors and staff, because in many cases, a contractor, in, in particularly with something like content development, um, might be really what you need. And of, and of course, there are you know, well-known consultants that are out there in, in, in the field that can help you out. But um, some places to, to look if you want to get somebody to be sort of a regular contractor for you are, for example, Upwork.com. Um, and you know, great service for being able to identify people who can do course development, who might be able to contract with you on a part-time basis for managing your platform. We've used them a lot for our own resources. So Upwork.com, definitely uh, check that out. Um, we can send out announcements uh, through the Leading Learning Newsletter. This is something we've done quite a bit. And at least at this point, um, we do that for free. So if you, you know, let us know that you're searching for a specific position, we're willing to distribute that. 
You can also advertise in places like um, the Association for Talent Development, or ATD, which used to be ASTD, and also the eLearning Guild. Um, those are good places to find people who really have the skill set in eLearning, particularly if you do need somebody who's highly skilled around instructional design uh, or something like that. We know a lot of people will uh, advertise for these kind of content and platform positions uh, with ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives. We, we haven't typically seen that be as good of a source for these more um, uh, focused, uh, technically skilled type positions. Um, so, you know, for these positions, it's not so much about association knowledge; it's about the actual knowledge around online courses, learning platforms, things like that. So, we found ATD and the uh, eLearning Guild um, to be more helpful for those. Though ASAE can be quite helpful for um, business development type positions, because often in those positions, you do want somebody who understands the uh, association world. And we don't necessarily uh, have to hire to fill some of these roles. I mean, part of what right. we can be doing is um, enhancing the knowledge that current staff have, um, helping to support them in, in developing new capabilities. And I know that uh, a book that both of us have found very useful in that area is e-learning and the science of instruction. That's right. That's kind of uh, um, that. That is the go-to book around particularly the, the, the theory and the practice, actual applied practice of online learning and how to make that work, how to make that effective. That's uh, Ruth Clark and, and, and Richard Meyer, and you can find that uh, on Amazon, and we'll link to it from the, the show notes, obviously. And I also recommend the, um, the Articulate uh, Rapid E-Learning blog. Articulate is the uh, company that makes Storyline and Presenter and you know, tools that are probably well-known for folks who have been involved with e-learning or getting into it, you'll see the Articulate products uh, come up. The Rapid e-learning blog is fantastic for providing templates, instructional design tips, uh, different types of media that you can use. You know, obviously they, they want you to buy their products, but they really do not pitch the products on the blog at all. Um, you know, they're really about providing resources for people who are developing online education. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks to your membership, and you can find out about your membership and all it offers at yourmembership.com. To get show notes for this episode, which we've you know we've referenced a lot of things during this episode that uh, we think you will want to go to the notes for to get links, uh, you can get there simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash episode 96. While you're there, you're also going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast and if you know, getting the kind of information that uh, that we've discussed in this episode or in or in other episodes. I mean, we we run the full range of skills, knowledge, uh, trends that you need to to run a successful learning business. If that's valuable to you, please please subscribe to the podcast. We would also love it if you would take just a minute and give us a rating on iTunes. To do that, go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We really appreciate it. We like uh, reading your reviews. We like seeing the ratings. And it also helps others find the podcast. And last, but certainly not least, uh, please consider telling others about the podcast. If you've never mentioned the fact that you like the Leading Learning podcast, this would be a great time to do it. You could send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can use another social network to spread the good word, or you can simply walk down the hall and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, you need to listen to this. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.